This is episode number 54, Stay Strong, with Pamela Kuchlo. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before I introduce today's guest, I'd like to make a brief announcement and invite all of our listeners to an upcoming conference that we'll be hosting in Ann Arbor, Michigan called Seeing is Believing, a conference where you'll get a chance to hear from speakers from all over the country, including Adele Harris, Gina Surgeon, Erica Curry-Van E, Ebony Watson, and myself included. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash seeing is believing. Now, let's get back to our guest. On today's episode of the Overcoming Odds podcast, you'll get a chance to hear about ways to work through early childhood trauma, love yourself more, become more persistent at what you do, define purpose in life if you haven't done so already, and ways to stay strong during times of adversity. Without further ado, please welcome Pamela Kuchlo. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Ads Podcast. Today's guest is someone who I've been fortunate to meet through a mutual friend of ours, Rhonda. And I remember when I had first spoke with Rhonda and about the work that she's doing in her mission, one of the things that she mentioned was the foundation that she has started for speakers who have gone through similar experiences experiences that she has. And so the person that you're going to hear from today, her name is Pamela Kochlow, and I'm not going to share anything about her story because I think it is important to hear from the person who has lived through that experience herself. So what I'd like to do is bring her onto the show. Pamela, welcome to the show. Hi, Oleg. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. I wanted to start off this episode by having you share a little bit about your past and your upbringing and how some of that has shaped the person that you have become today. Absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me on this show. And um, let me just dive right into it. Uh, Unfortunately, um, my father was um, very abusive to my mother. And unfortunately, while carrying me, he basically tried to kill her and me in her womb. And as a result of it, he... um, had her almost miscarry me at a uh, late term. Mm. And uh, he basically stayed that way throughout my life. He abandoned her, he abandoned me. And uh, fortunately I had very loving uh, grandparents that would not allow uh, me to be brought up in that type of circumstance. Even though my mother tried to reckon with him, many mm-hmm. women during those days felt that oh, I can change him, and maybe even today, women still feel they can change an abuser. 
but he never did change. But my grandparents ultimately raised me through my formative years. And this was in the city of San Francisco, um, Northern California. And uh, basically, I, I felt very uh, alone, abandoned. I wanted the acceptance of my father. I was a, a, a child that had many, many problems, which as you ask me questions, I will uh, make more reference to how I got through certain things uh, mm -hmm. and how I felt that I could help other children through self-mutilation, through thoughts of I don't need to be here anymore, of, you know, why was I ever born, you know, those types of questions. And it took me um, to my adult life to basically realize it was not my fault, even though I thought it, it, it was. I thought, well, if I wasn't here, my parents would have never had this problem. Um, uh, just to find out that basically that he, he was the problem. He was the reason that our family didn't make it. I mean, that was just whatever problems he was having, you know, he, he just thought that he could just treat us any kind of way if it wasn't a good day for him. He, he was also a functioning alcoholic. Mm -hmm. um, for those people that don't know what that is, that's a person that can go to work every day, make a living, but they're still an alcoholic. They're able to function very well under the guise of uh, alcohol. But it also can make you very, very um, violent and, you know, very heavy mood swings. So I saw a lot of things I shouldn't have seen, but basically my grandparents protected me a great deal. But as you ask me questions, I will elaborate mm -hmm. on different things that I got through to help, you know, other children. Absolutely. The first question that I want to direct our attention to is the one that you had mentioned about um, the language that you use with yourself and more importantly the times when you tell yourself you are not worthy why were you put in some of those instances how do you think you've been able to work through some of those traumatic experiences in your life i know for some people they would say well that's kind of cliche-ish um for a while there i didn't work through it it took me a long time and love and protection of others to keep reinforcing the words that I love you. But ultimately what actually got me through it was my faith um, to understand that I do matter, that I do have a purpose in life, that I can be a force to be reckoned with, that no matter what I've been through, what I've seen, uh, none of those issues really matter. It's what matters right now. Um, you have to be very strong in life to get through certain things. And how I got strong was I began to um, see others that had gone through similar situations that had made it by reading, um, praying, um, putting myself in the right presence of people that were on the right path as opposed to staying isolated mm -hmm. and just staying withdrawn. Um, you have to put yourself in a position to get out of those uh, depressive moods and, you know, mood swings and um, because you want a better life for yourself. And then after I became a mother, I did not want my child to feel that he was not wanted or that, you know, my prior life was more important than, than the life we were having together at that moment. Mm -hmm. So it was a choice to be strong, to get out of it. But that's not always 
easy when you have a child that from birth till the time I got my kids uh, in the facilities that I ran um, to relay that to them, it was quite difficult, but I'll share that with you as well. Mm -hmm. But that's how I got it. It was, it was connections. It was my faith. It was putting myself in um, positive uh, areas of life and meeting the right people to get me in the right direction. Mm -hmm. You speak a lot about choice and I couldn't agree with you more that I think with a lot of the areas that you face in life, you do have a choice. You do have a choice to love yourself. You do have a choice when it comes to certain decisions that you make, even when it comes to areas that we don't feel comfortable, such as anxiety, depression, and whatever else it may be. The question that I've been curious about for quite some time is that, yes, we do have that choice, but how do you get to a point where you can make that choice? How do you embrace yourself and the relationship that you have with yourself to a degree where you do have the confidence to take that next step forward? Um, in working with the children that I had and working with myself, I had to remember, and so many people forget this, um, it's a repetitive thing where when I had like um, girls that would self-mutilate, you know, um, over and over and over. And it's like, you know, how am I going to get this girl to understand that this is not the way? And actually, um, Oleg, the, the best way I can explain it to you is that I did not give up on them, that I was repetitive in telling them that they are loved, mm -hmm. that I understood the pain that they were going through, that they were not alone, that they were not um, to be to be felt that they didn't matter um, because the basis of most of it is if my parents don't want me, why would anybody else want me? Mm. And I understood that. I understood that completely. It's an isolation thing. And when I would take these kids and literally hold them in my arms or prevent them from doing whatever action they were doing no matter what they were saying to me whether it was you know words that were not appropriate i would just consistently no matter how long it would take or how many days or how many hours consistently tell them you are loved you are valued you are what the world needs everybody needs to know that you are a survivor and you will be able to tell your story to get to other kids that are going through similar situations i need you here i need you to survive this situation because you are important in life so it was the repetitive communication of letting them know that they were valued. Mm. Yeah. And eventually, I, I dare say, I mean, of course you don't have 100 complete success, but I have quite a few great success stories of kids that have made it really well. I mean, and now that I'm on Facebook, I hear from kids that are like, I'm so glad I found you and if it wasn't for you I don't know where I would be and thank you for taking the time and the energy and the money and the patience and that's a lot of it a lot of people don't have patience with uh, patience with children that have been abused and abandoned and they don't understand that when these children lash out it's really not about 
you they're talking to, mm -hmm. they're expressing their pain on you, but mm -hmm. it's not you they're mad at. Mm -hmm. So and people, a lot of people take it personally, you know, mm -hmm. and I just never did. I just never, never, never did. Uh, the bad word, the running the way, you know, running away and letting them come back. And I just could tell you stories on and on. But basically, it was being consistent and being there and not giving up. Mm -hmm. I think that, I, you know, now I will say like, if mm -hmm. a child became where they were mentally impaired and I had to get them hospitalized, where they were hurting themselves or others to the degree of being dangerous. That was another issue. But if it was where we could handle it or I could handle it, then we would. Mm. I think this is a perfect segue into today's theme, which is really discovering your purpose. You're one of the people that were able to do it through a lot of the experiences that you've had in your life, which sounds like led you to doing the, a lot of the work that you've done in your life. Based on all of those, for those who are in pursuit of even starting that journey where does one start in defining the purpose for themselves you know you have to be honest with yourself first um you can't really start anything i don't care what it is unless you do the work first mm -hmm. like it would be like if i wanted to be a nurse I couldn't just go to the hospital. I have to <laughs> go through. You know, it's it's a good thing to be. It looks great. The outfits are great. It looks like, oh, the Good Samaritan. But I would have to go through all the steps to get to that point to be at the hospital. So it's the same thing with everything else. You have to go through the steps of purging and being honest with yourself to find out what your purpose is. And you're absolutely right. I was in corporate banking before I got into dealing with teenage boys and girls uh, in um, residential care. Uh, and I took the hard kids. I mean, you know, usually people like to take the, the cute babies mm -hmm. and, you know, and feel they can mold them. You know, I took kids that had been in mental institutions or that were on probation or, um, just had some really bad struggles in life. And I had I had the wherewithal and the mother wit to let them know what they had to do to get where they had to go. So when they would say, well, you know, I, I don't need school, or I don't need therapy, or I don't need whatever, I would always redirect them and tell them why they would need that in order for them to be able to say what their purpose is. How do you know what your purpose is if you don't do the work to find out if that's really what you're all about? So it was a, a working together, a tug of push and pull of, and working with teenagers is no easy feat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll tell oh, you yeah. because most of them feel they already know. And, and a woman of my age, it's like, you're old. What do you know? You know, that was in your day. And of course but we I, do. How could we not? <laughs> yes. I had to let them know, you know, pain is pain. I don't care what century it is in. It's pain. Mm -hmm. And and everybody's pain is relative to their situation. So it has nothing to do with age or a particular time you were born. Pain is pain. 
So once I got it, got through, and also a lot of people don't understand when you're working with children and, and people that are hurting, they think you can't be real with them. Like you always have to, oh, you know, don't say that or don't be that mean or don't. I was never mean, but I was firm to let them know this is life. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to make some very definite decisions in your life. The world could care less whether you come or go, live or die. So it's going to have to be something within you that's going to have to make the difference of what you do with your life and your purpose. And we would just go from there, you know. Um, was it easy? No, but it was so rewarding to see uh, a child walk across the stage getting their college degree or graduating from the police academy or becoming a social worker, or becoming a teacher. I mean, I can't tell you, you know, and to know where that child came from that had been sexually abused, or mm -hmm. or, or I got them from a hotel where they're eating out of a can of food with their siblings or whatever. And to see that child, most of my children I kept for a very long time. They would either fail foster care, or they chose to not leave and go back home, or if they did go back home, things didn't work out. And if I had a bed, I would take them back. Mm. Yeah. What kind of meaning does that add to your life? Just being able oh. to see someone who has literally gone from nothing to something because, you know, the reason why I asked that is there's a particular person in my life. He's a sixth grade teacher. When I was adopted into the States in 2005, I spoke zero words of English. And I mean, he is that definition of someone who stayed before after after school before during school and just work with me constantly someone from your perspective i'm curious to know what does that give you when you're able to see someone go from zero to something um i could get very emotional about that um it makes my life feel like um uh, i have not lived in vain mm that I truly am my brother's keeper and that I've made a difference. And let me say, if it was just one kid, mm -hmm. it was worth it because it, 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 it put meaning to my life. It put direction. If it wasn't for a lot of these kids that I helped along the way or sacrificed whatever I did to do whatever, whatever they, they got or, or performed, I don't know where I would be. So it was a, a twofold thing. They did a wonderful thing for me to make me a better person with a better character. Mm -hmm. These children are amazing. They're so resilient to have to go through all the trauma that they've had to endure and still love their parents if they know them. Mm -hmm. And usually it's been my experience so many times the parents will come back when the child is grown because now they don't have to do the hard part or whatever. And to know that these children, like I have some that call me mom, even though, you know, my name is Pam and they know I'm not their mother. Mm -hmm. They have, they will not call me Pam. They'll call me mom. They're like, you know, I know I was in a group home setting, but you're my mom and you're my only mom. And that is a real badge of honor i i just feel olega i feel very blessed and very privileged and very exceptional 
mm-hmm. to have had that experience. Mm-hmm. This is a question I ask all of our guests, and that is based on your experience and the story that you've been able to live and create for yourself. What are the most important skills needed to survive in today's world? Oh, you need you need endurance. No matter, let me just say this. When I was young, I was considered an ugly duckling and mildly retarded. And basically everyone thought my family was going to have to take care of me because I used to eat paper in the corner or the edges of books. Um, I, I went into the hospital very young. I self-mutilated. I ate the cuticle from around my skin and, and some of the flesh back off of my fingers um, out of being nervous. Mm-hmm. And to endure all of that and then have to go through other serious, I'm going to tell you, serious health situations, um, you have to have the ability to say, this too shall pass and nothing stays the same. Mm. And to realize that tomorrow is another day. Just because it's bad today doesn't mean it's going to be bad tomorrow. And should I survive today and be able to see tomorrow, then I'm going to work as hard as I can to rectify the situation or make the situation better. And then prayerfully, as you go along your way, you'll have people in your life to reinforce that with you. I did have wonderful family members, grandparents and aunts that would reinforce that to me. But there's nothing like having parents do that for you. Mm. And if you don't have your parents, you have to utilize the people that you do have in your life and realize I am worth the trouble. Mm-hmm. Whatever I'm going through, whatever it is, life is difficult. Nobody said it was going to be easy. Nobody said they were going to just make it all roses for you. Only there's an old saying, and I don't hear it much anymore, only the strong survive. And you have to have some strength behind you. It doesn't have to be a whole lot, but you've got to have some to get yourself going and motivated. And as you practice those skills of being strong, you get stronger and stronger and stronger. And and one of the things that I do all the time now, as I smile all the time, I mean, while I'm talking, when I'm in pain, I'm just... I'm smiling, and uh, in the hospital, they'll say, how, how, how is it that you smile? And I'm like, I'm just so so happy I'm still here. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what I've endured, and I'm here today to tell you what it has taken to get me here. So it's endurance, self-preservation, and to know tomorrow is a better day. Mm. And every day, every day, I don't care what it is, it's going to be a little bit different. Every day is going to be different. I don't care if you're in a cell, every day is going to be different. It's just left up to you how you handled that day. Yeah. It's like, you know? And it's supposed to be like that. I think it's one of the only ways you can grow. If everything was stagnant in the same way, then what's the, what would the new takeaways and lessons that you would be able to retract 
from those experiences. Final thought for today's episode, and that is when the odds are completely against you, what are some core fundamental principles that you always refer to? Um, Core fundamental principles would be my God will get me through this. I was brought up in a Christian home. I have not always lived a Christian life, but my core is a Christian. And without a higher power, I don't care who it is. If you don't have a higher power, because many people say, well, the, you are the God. No, I'm, I'm not the God. I have to have a higher power. My faith is what I can tell you. Mm. It's got me where I have to be where I am and do what I do. We innately, a lot of times, do things incorrectly, say the wrong thing, all of those things. But it's you, that higher power, that God, or whoever it is that you believe in, that will bring you back to your center core to make you understand your core values. What are your core values? What do you believe? What do you know for sure? Uh, One of the things Rhonda would tell me is like, if you wake up in the middle of the night and somebody says, what do you really believe? What is it? (laughs) My God will get me through any trial, any problem, any situation that I have in this life. And like I said before, this too shall pass and absolutely nothing stays the same. Mm. Even though it seems like your life is still the same day in and day out, it's not. Mm. And it's left up to you to get up out of the bed, wash yourself off, get some fresh air, go for a walk, look at the sky and say, I can do this. I can do this. Talk to yourself. Don't take anything less than I can. Mm -hmm. I can, I will, and I can. And you just have to repeatedly tell you that's what you have to do over and over and over again. If you keep telling yourself that, you're going to be all right. Uh, Well said. (laughs) Pamela, how do people find you? How do people stay in touch with your work? And what are some of the things that you have coming up? You know, I'm new to this whole situation. I am currently working on a book. Mm-hmm. Um, my social media platform, uh, my name is Pamela Cutchlow. I'm on Facebook um, and I'm on Instagram. And uh, you just put in the name Pamela Cutchlow in your search bar and I will pop up. I have on Instagram and Facebook word of the day. I take a word. And I tell you what you need to do with that word. And it's not longer than a minute or two. And it's just, I just begun to do that to tell people real quickly, this is the word of the day. Try to try to try to learn from this word. And um, basically I'm just working on speaking more. You can go through the successful survivor speakers bureau mm-hmm. And uh, you can also have me come speak to your organization or church on the topics of life and raising children and women that have been abused and abandoned. Um, I've had to deal with a spouse and mental illness, finances, 
Mm -hmm. Just your well-rounded person that's been through a lot. So that's how you can get a hold of me. Until I get that book out, that's just <laughs> about where I am. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I, we appreciate you having um, you being on the show and sharing your story with us. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our weekly newsletter so you can receive all of our latest stories, featured episodes, and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Once again, thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you next week.